Nancy Yarell, and welcome to Nancy Psychic View on the high road to humanity. And all the way from Kansas, Missouri, we have Lauren, is it Leduc? Yes. Okay, great. I'm glad I pronounced your name properly. Welcome mm -hmm. to the high road. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. You guys, we're going to talk about Embody Your Inner Goddess. She's written this book. I, I told her before the show, it's one of the better books that has come across um, my desk. It's a guided journey to radical wholeness. Some really great information in here today. And we're going to have fun um, talking about a lot of this stuff. We're going to hear her story and talk about the feminine and um, kind of bring back the feminine. But before we get going, you know, I've been talking about myself at the end of the show. So I need to let everybody know what's going on with me and what events I'm going to be at. So just so you guys know, and I'd love for you to meet me, meet me in LA. I'm going to be at the Conscious Life Expo 2020 at the Hilton LAX. I will be teaching angel communication and spiritual law. So everybody's going to get their wings. I'm going to teach everybody how to connect with their guardian angel. Then in February, I'm sorry, in March 16th and 17th, I will be Boca Deerfield in Beach, Florida. And that's the New Life Expo, you guys, 2024. And I'll be speaking again about angel and angel communication. How do we connect? And then it looks like I'm going to be in Manhattan in May. I like that, Manhattan in May. And so I'll keep you posted on that. And I'll be doing the same thing. I will be speaking. And so I hope you guys will come and join me. Now, Really quickly, I want to throw a couple things out there because this is High Road to Humanity. I want to read this headline. The Senate passed a defense bill with 5.2% pay raise for troops, the biggest boost in decades. That's the headline. So some of the Patriot champions by social conservatives were a no-go for Democrats, so negotiators dropped them, but the final product to get to the measure passed kind of doesn't make sense, but this is from the Associated Press. I just want to say, I won't read this whole thing. You guys can check it out. It came in from Washington. It passed yesterday, but it's nice that we're finally giving our military. Oh, there's one more thing I want to say really quick. Um, I saw this too. The bill authorized eight, $886 billion for national defense programs. And, you know, we need that right now. So I want to mention that too. So you guys check that out. The other thing... As I was looking up the news, you guys, I saw this and I couldn't resist. So here's the headline. The Boston mayor defends excluding white people from holiday party. This is crazy. So Boston's Democratic mayor has apologized for causing offense with a holiday party invitation that excluded white people. What do you think? So Wu's aide, uh, Denise DeSantos, who sent out the invite, tried to smooth things over in a follow-up email prior to the party. I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party for tomorrow, DeSantis wrote to the city council members. I did send that to everyone by accident. <laughs> I apologize if my email, email may have offended or came across as so, sorry for any confusion this may have caused. You guys, she just they excluded all the people who were Caucasian. You know, this whole thing about discrimination has really gotten crazy in our world. And I just want to say, you know, we're all souls in these bodies. Don't matter what color we are. Do you want to say anything about that, Lauren? Honestly, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, what? Yeah. And that's what it's come to. And that's why it's so cool that you've written this cool book. And then I'm here on the show talking about this stuff because 
we got to have some changes going on. Now, Lauren LaDuke is a dedicated yoga teacher. She's a spiritual life coach and she's an entrepreneur, guys, with a unique gift of cultivating connection and community. She believes that yoga is beneficial to everyone, and I do too, but I don't do it. Um, she's passionate about creating accessible experiences and opportunities for students to find a deeper connection to themselves and the world around them. And I guess, you know, my first question for you, Lauren, and I'm really glad you're here today. Um, tell us your story. You say in the beginning, by loving ourselves, by healing ourselves, we create heaven on earth. And isn't that the truth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so a little bit about my story. I grew up in the Midwest in the U.S., which is where I live now as well. I have moved around a little bit, but I ended up back here in my story and I developed a really difficult eating disorder as a teenager. Before then, I tried really hard to fit into this mold of the good girl, of this person that I think I was taught I was supposed to be, and, and not just by my family, but from so many things, from organized religion, from our culture, from media, from school. Um, I think we all as humans receive these messages of who to be, how to act, what to think um, from so many different directions. And I think women especially receive these messages and are meant to fit into this very small little box of what is what is acceptable. I was a really high achieving kid and essentially it was no longer working for me and I crashed and burned at, at 16, 17 developed a really difficult eating disorder and anxiety and depression, which was a difficult and dark time, but a blessing in disguise because it really set me on this new path of really a decade of healing of self-discovery mixed with self-harm at the same time. And through that healing, I found, I think, my dharma or purpose in teaching yoga and, and helping people love themselves and connecting with the sacred feminine. Yeah. And I've for the last decade been, been helping people do that. So that's a very short, short <laughs> version <laughs> of the story, well, but I, in the book, tell lots of bits and pieces of the story. Yeah. In I was going to say that. Fashion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, let me, let me stop you real quick. Cause I want to tell the audience how this book mm -hmm. is set up. It's really, really cool. I'm looking at my notes here. Okay. So you have this set up and I think it's, is it seven, six weeks, seven weeks? Yes. Okay. Seven weeks, so, seven chakras. This is the cool mm -hmm. thing about this book. And I really like this. I think I'm going to do it just because it's, it's really set up great. And I'm glad you did it like this. So you go, you start with day one. And then she tells you a little story about herself and what happened to her. And then she kind of gives you, you know, a little bit of, you know, information. And then there is an exercise, there's a reflection, and then there's an embodiment practice. And if you don't mind, I pick some out. <laughs> Is yeah. that okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I Well, before we even get into that, I just want to say really quick, there was a quote that I really liked, and I want you to expand on it if you would, because everybody's talking about the goddess, you know, and some people just have no clue of what this is. So you said your inner goddess is your personified personal connection to the sacred feminine. Talk to people about this, you know, the feminine's coming back. What's your take on all of this? And what can you share with the audience as far as that goes? Yeah. yeah. First, I'll say she hasn't gone anywhere, but she has been out of our own awareness. 
So I think it's a mass remembering that's happening more so than like this new energy coming through. Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of, uh, this embodiment piece, it's like we're preparing our vessel vessels to actually like tune into her, you know, this frequency that's always been all around us. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I had zero sense of the sacred feminine growing up. I had this very specific view of who God was and he was masculine. Um, in many traditions, past and present, all over the world, there is goddess worship. Even right. within Christianity that I grew up in, there there is goddess worship, goddess worship that's been suppressed over time or re even removed sure. from the Bible. Same with like Judaism. Mm -hmm. So for me, I started um, this very deep, and connective yoga practice and that's really what opened me up to the goddess energy because they still goddess worship in hinduism and i'm not a hindu but i did want to learn about these different energies uh, that are at play and i got to start working with these different goddesses like lakshmi who's this um, energy of abundance and kali who's this energy of, of ego destruction and Dorga, who's a warrior, and Saraswati, who's a muse and a teacher. And I started seeing all these different facets of what the feminine is and what goddess or God can be mm -hmm. outside of this very narrow view uh, of what I grew up with. And I think the truth is that the divine is undefinable, <laughs> um, yeah. but we do find these personal connections with them. And you know, we all hold masculine and feminine energy within us. They're That's at right. play all of the time. Right. Our culture is hyper-masculine, in my opinion. So as we explore the more feminine side within us, men, women, whoever you might be, um, we get to start opening ourselves up to all these different facets of what it means to be human and what it means to be divine. Exactly. And there's no one way to do it. But I think when we start really connecting with all these different energies and, and I work with the inner goddess, which isn't any of these particular goddesses from any tradition. It's like this, this personalized goddess that we each have. Um, we get to start like being our whole selves and yeah, yeah. figure out what is really true for us. And we don't have to present one side. We get to be all of it. Yes, exactly. You know, I will say a couple things. Um, it wasn't until I went into the Unity Church, and gosh, this is probably 20 years ago, that I heard, I walked in and sat down on the pew, and they were worshiping Mother and Father God. And I think that was the first time I had heard, you know, the female being brought in. And like yourself, I've seen the female coming. You say she's always been here, and I agree she's always been here. But what I feel is she's gotten in touch with a lot of people. I feel like that energy has really resonated with a lot of different people because there's so many people that are writing books about the inner goddess and connecting with the inner goddess. And I want to ask you what you think, and I don't want to get into a whole controversial thing, but what do you feel about the men trying to play women's sports right now? There's a lot of women's groups that haven't stood up. I want to know what your feel about this is, because it feels like, this is my opinion, feels like they're really trying to push us down again. And we fought so hard to, you know, be who we are and to have our rights and to stand up and, you know, and, and I have to say, being in the real estate industry for so many years, I had to play the guy role, you know, and it's, it's 
difficult. Um, I want you to tell me what you think about some of this stuff. Um, just to clarify, are you talking about trans people? I'm talking about, um, well, I'm not really, not necessarily. Well, I guess they could be trans, but I guess my big thing is a man wanting to play women's sports because not necessarily trans. I mean, this isn't always the case. What's happening now is I see a lot of men coming into the sport because they can't compete against the men. So they're coming into the women's sport and they're not even mm -hmm. trans. So we're not, so that's not the issue. The issue is like, I feel like women are trying to be put back down. What do you think? Um, you know, I haven't heard it from that perspective. I've okay. been a part of like conversation with trans people and the nuanced conversation about trans women and sports. And um, as someone who's not trans and who I'm not personally super educated about that, I honestly, okay. um, I, I don't know. I'll just say I support people being whoever they are being and embodying that. So I support trans people. And when it comes to like Olympic sport, I don't know. That's really out of my personal jurisdiction. Um, and I also think that is a small minority of the population and they just want to feel seen and heard like all of us. So uh, I would definitely defer to people who know a lot more about that. Uh, oh, okay. Jonathan so you really don't Van have Ness is somebody, okay. Jonathan Van Ness is somebody that I love listening to <laughs> and, and they know a lot about this transport issue. Well, okay, let's, Again, I don't know anything about just yeah. men trying to play women's sports. It's yeah. um, definitely out of my my awareness yeah. well I've seen both and it's really okay so let's get past the trans thing because I would like to know what you feel about women in the workplace today do you feel like we're at an equal place do you think that coming back with the inner goddess will help women be paid the same amount as men um what's your feeling on that I think that uh, yeah, it's definitely out of balance. I don't think that women are are equal necessarily in the workplace. And while some might be paid the same and have similar positions, I think that women are expected to work in this really specific way that might not work with their hormones or with their energies, right? Mm -hmm. We're cyclical beings. Even if you've gone through menopause, we're cyclical beings. And it's very difficult to show up exactly the same way every day. Not only that, but many of us are mothers and we're tasked with the majority or the bulk of the childcare. Um, and, you know, not having systems set in place to be able to take time off of work so that we can be with our kids during these very important times and then come back and be still of equal standing is really difficult. Um, for me, I work for myself. So I've worked out this very different lifestyle where I get to avoid all that essentially, where I get to be with my three-year-old daughter and I get to work. Um, and that feels really fulfilling for me, but I know that's not the case for every single person. Yeah, it's so not. It's, it's not. definitely really messy. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also add that for men, just as much as women are expected to be put in these specific boxes, men are too. Mm -hmm. And men might not be able to show up in exactly the same way every day. They're told to man up. They're told not to feel. And so I think that this goddess energy is really important for all of us. And yeah. then they can also develop the empathy to allow a more, I'll say, feminine workplace yeah. where it's more um, collaborative, mm -hmm. where we take things like parenthood in mind. Yeah. Um, 
where, you know, we see things in women as superpowers instead of weaknesses, like the ability to tap into emotions is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And the wisdom that comes with like certain parts of our cycles could really be utilized to um, create progress. You know? That's true. Well, and I, I was a single mom for many years and it was a real estate broker, mm-hmm. like I said. And so I was the breadwinner and had to be play both roles and come home and cook dinner and do the laundry and clean the house. And so, and there's men, like you say, and I agree with you wholeheartedly who are single dads who do this as well. I think I was more refer and, and it's, it's hard. Um, we are, we were, and I think are expected to do it all. Um, and I think that's difficult for a lot of people. Um, to do. But what I do agree with what you said as far as bringing back compassion, because we've as a society, male or female, we've lost our compassion. And I'm hopeful. And I just wonder what you feel. And then I want to get on to some of your um, some of your stories in, in the book. Do you feel like because we're being more aware of the goddess and people are talking about it, that the compassion will start to come back. Do you think that that's part of the catalyst? I certainly hope so. I know for me, when I'm speaking of the inner goddess and this goddess energy, what I'm also speaking about is this compassionate observer within. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I've really learned about and experienced through yoga, but it's that, Many of us have so much going on in our bodies and in our minds that it's really hard to be in touch with our souls. In yoga, they would call it uh, the observer, essentially, which is that which is observing all of this change and the the what's going on in the mind, what's going on in the body all the time, what's going on around us. Right. It doesn't really, it's, it's a part of us that never changes, it's never born, it never dies. So for me, being able to like really step back into that seat and observe what's going on within me with compassion has been a real game changer. So this doesn't mean I never have a negative feeling. This doesn't mean that, you know, there's never drama going on in my head or in my life, but it means that I get to hold space for that part of myself Mm -hmm. with the compassionate observer, or sometimes I'll call it the inner mother too. It's being able to like, like I'll watch my daughter. She's three. She has tantrums a lot <laughs> right now. It's, it's part of her development. It would be very get, easy to get sucked up into that while I'm observing it. But instead I get to pause, step back and mm-hmm. hold compassionate space for her. I deserve the same thing. I get to do that for myself. And I think that the more we're able to be compassionate with ourselves, the more we're able to be compassionate with others. It is really hard to give others grace when we are being super hard on ourselves, or at least that's my experience. No, I agree. So I do you. think this <laughs> inner awakening is going to make a huge change. Yeah. And you know, I interview so many different people on the show and really what I've seen in the past year, year and a half is people talking about everybody working on themselves and that you're exactly right. That's the key. We all have to work on ourselves because as we work on ourselves, of course, we raise the vibration. Now you do it with, you connect through yoga. I connect through, you know, my little meditation in the morning and that's how I connect. And I teach the audience to connect because like you said, once you connect, it changes you. You become more joyful, more centered. And you start to look at things differently and you're not so reactive. 
And I love your example of your three-year-old because that's the truth. Let's get into some of the stuff in the book. Um, you talk about, I just want to talk about um, a couple things. One is you say, I use my voice on day 29. And I want you to tell your story about how you sing. Mm. Yeah, I started singing from a really young age. Before I started talking, my mother says, and oh, really? as soon as I turned three, yes, yes. Oh my God. And my daughter's the same way. It's it's really very interesting to be like witnessing this now from the other side. But okay. um my mother needed to like put me into a program or some sort of outlet for it, like as soon as I turned three and was out of diapers and was was able to do it. And it's what felt most joyful to me. It's what it's when I felt connected to God or to spirit That's nice. and I saw it. Yeah. I saw it brought others so much joy. And so it was my thing for a long time and it started to feel twisted. And I think tamped down over what many do you mean? years. What do you mean? I talk about this in the chapter, but you know, my voice was one of my biggest connections to my dad. He just loved to hear me sing. And as I got older, as I became a teenager, my dad's a very religious man. And I started questioning things as I started like, you know, sneaking around with boys, as I started doing a lot of the things that many teenagers do, he started seeing me in a different way. And sometimes I would have like a vocal performance and I would sing and it would be, oh, I'm going to cry, but it would be like almost just for him, right? Because mm -hmm. I just wanted him to, to show me the kind of love that he used to when I was little. Mm -hmm. um, and I think all of us want that love from our parents, right. right? Even when we're changing or experimenting and when we're teenagers, we're still kids and, and we don't always realize that, but we are. Um, so that's one example of just starting to feel like uh, my voice wasn't enough anymore. Oh. And yeah, and there there are other examples I have from the book. I had a I left my parents and moved in with a boy and he was super egotistical and he was a musician. <laughs> and every time I would sing, he'd unconsciously start singing over yes, me. And I, I kind of just stops I stopped singing in the house. Um and there were other things like I had, you know, this eating disorder and part of it was purging and it would it would hurt my voice. So I was like self-harming my voice. Again, none of this is really conscious on my part at the time, but looking back, I can see how it's connected. Um, also, like I had differing ideas than my upbringing and I felt like I couldn't voice them anymore without being yelled at or shouted out or, or, or kind of silenced in a way. And what that did, I think, was put me into a more quiet space for many years. You lost your voice. But- in a way. Yeah. And it also put me into the space of deep listening, I mm. think, and really just observing without a lot of judgment. And then eventually I was able to formulate my own ideas and express in a lot of different ways, different than my voice. I did a lot of visual arts. Um, and then I started teaching yoga and that really brought me back in touch with my voice. Um, I saw that when I was teaching that people were very calmed by my voice, mm -hmm. uh, that it had this soothing effect. And 
now I get to be that for my daughter too. Um, you it, sing to her? Yeah, we sing together all the yeah. time. It's it's yeah. like music from Frozen and Moana usually. That's but, okay, but that's cool. You're singing again. Yeah. yeah. I am. And I have a very good friend who leads bhakti yoga, which is like chanting and kirtan. And so I'll yeah. go and sing with her and I'll bring my little girl and we're connecting in that way, like spiritually again, which is really cool because again, when I was little, that was how I felt connected to spirit. And now I get to use my voice in a way that, that does the same, that that's connection, that's praise, that expresses this like longing to be in union with the divine mm -hmm. um that's nice and I'm glad I've, you said that yeah. that's really nice that's nice I feel that too and I just want to say your voice has so much power and I teach the audience and I'm your voice is healing the vibration mm -hmm. of your voice is healing um and I just so I'm just happy that you sing again because I think you know that thank you <laughs> it was so interesting to hear your story and I felt intuitively that, you know, you needed that. That was your, that is your connection with God. That's really cool. It's very cool. It um, is. I think, I think especially for women, like using their voice is so important. That's when I'm working like with energy work for women, that's where I see so many blockages. And yeah. I think so many people have felt silenced at one time or another. So to start using your voice and to do it, to do it without skill, even <laughs> to, to just start is so important. <laughs> so far. All right. The next thing I want to talk about you, her book is really cool. There's a lot of really neat information in here. You guys, you got to check it out, but I like how you say, um, I trust my gut queen. Your gut is so intelligent. So wise, <laughs> And isn't that the truth? I love, I love this. You want to talk a little bit about our intuition? Absolutely. Our bodies are so intelligent. And we can see that by looking at the animals around us. They have this instinct within them. They don't, they know what to eat. They know when to sleep. They know what to do. And as humans, mm -hmm. we're so lost when it comes to just like <laughs> taking care of our basic needs. It's true. Like we have so many messages like on how to do all these things that should be innate to right? us. And it's because right. we're disconnected from our bodies. Yeah. So this reconnection with the body allows us to be in its intelligence. And I think I'm sure you've seen it when we don't listen to it, it turns into disease That's over right. time. Disease. So yes. I'm talking, when I'm talking about the gut, I'm talking about the solar plexus. So I tell a story about um, not listening to my gut really for a long time. And it tell basically being story. led down the, the Lauren, tell, us, tell us the story. Come yeah. on. Well, um, when uh, I was exploring and trying to figure out what to do for a career. And I've always been a really creative person. And I went into fashion design for school. And I was like a star student at first and loved the drawing and, and all these different elements of it. But I just like could not sew. <laughs> I, I know I was cracking up the because down. I was like, she can pick out the material, she can do everything, but she hates the sewing machine. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it was I had this battle with the sewing machine and I lived in Chicago at the time and I had all this stuff I had to take to school with me and I'd get on the like this long journey to school because I would take buses and trains and all of that and one day like my stomach felt so sick that I just with anxiety that I turned around and went back home and I skipped class and it became the cycle and the more I skipped the sicker I felt oh my god um and yeah, I ended up like dropping out of this class and it happened a few times. I wish I could say like, I learned my lesson then, but I 
accumulated tons of student debt um, by, by not listening essentially to myself. I didn't, I was so young. I didn't know I could say like, you know what, actually this isn't for me and I'm going to do something I better do else. something I would, else. I would calculate. Right. Yeah. I would calculate in my head like, okay, well I could, I'll graduate and then, you know, I can pay off my student loans by this time. And maybe I could just do this career till I'm 40 and then figure something else out. <laughs> and, you know, this is as like a 22 year old yeah, or something like sure. that. Yeah. Um, but had I listened to that sickness in my belly, I could have received the information that I need to get on the right path sooner. Right. And we all learn these lessons in different ways. Mm -hmm. And some of us really have to learn the hard way. I've definitely been that kind of person. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've got to like, <laughs> learn by experience. Yeah. But I'll say that by not doing it, that's how I've learned to trust it essentially, because I know what happens when I don't listen to my body. So that's part of intuition is in the gut is this body wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, I also see intuition in the third eye and that's typically what I work with now, but I do think this body connection is just so important. So many of us are so stressed, uh, traumatized even perhaps that we create this separation between mind and body. And mm -hmm. for me, that connection back to the body was such an essential part to connecting to my soul yeah. and connecting to this wisdom that's innate to all of us right you gotta listen to your body it all goes back to louise hay when she's you know heal your body heal, heal your life you know yes. we're such <laughs> energetic souls and if something's going wrong our body tells us it's like alert alert and we, we ignore <laughs> and we don't connect i think more people do now um, because they're starting to understand that disease does come from an imbalance uh, of an energetic imbalance, actually. And I believe uh, I finally have come to the realization it's all emotional. It's all the emotions that are out of balance is what it is more than anything. So, um, you know, you talk about grounding to Mother Earth. I love this. Uh, I want to touch upon it. I'm really big into grounding. I tell the audience we need to ground. You said, but I love what you said, and I want to read your quote. When you feel scattered, anxious, scared, or unclear, she is here to cradle you in her arms and connect you to your body. So when you live in harmony with her, we live in harmony with ourselves. So true. We've kind of forgotten that, and we're kind of coming back. Talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the separation between humanity and the earth uh, is such a symptom, right, of being disconnected from the feminine, because mm -hmm. the, the earth has been seen as a goddess of Forever. humanity for, <laughs> for millennia. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the less we, we respect her, it's like we're disrespecting the goddess too, right? Mm -hmm. And this is in the root chakra section of the book. And the root chakra is all about our foundation. And the earth is our foundation. It's our home it's what our bodies are made of. It's what they go back to when we pass. Mm -hmm. And yes, many of us are disrespecting her these days. We're, and we're living indoors, we're indoors, and we drive somewhere, and then we're indoors somewhere else. I know. And I know you live crazy? in a space where you can, yeah, it really is. And <laughs> you were telling me where you live, and it sounds like yeah. such a beautiful place where you can connect with nature. We moved out of the city onto a lake here and I feel right. so much more calm and at peace with the water and with the trees and, and mm -hmm. with the animals. And True. there is something about like getting your bare feet on the earth and, and the grounding practice of that, mm -hmm. that is so calming. And we yes. have so much to learn from nature because 
and we are nature, right? Like we can watch her cycles and we have the same cycles within us. Like we're not summer all the time. Like she is not summer all the time. We need periods of rest. We need periods of dormancy and then of rebirth. And I think like that separation um, from her has really kind of messed up our views on who we are and, and how we're supposed to act and who we're supposed to be. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I always tell, I always say on the show, they're probably tired of me saying it, but whoever invented the tennis <laughs> shoes really screwed us up because our feet need to have the energy from the earth. We used to walk barefoot. Now I grew up on a farm in Ohio. So I got to run on the grass my whole childhood. Well, into teenage years, I went barefoot. You know, my mom would say, you're going to have big feet, but we don't. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's how I grew up. I grew and it, and I didn't appreciate it. You know, all I wanted to do is live in the city. But looking back, I can see that, you know, how cool it was. And I think a lot of us have lost that connection, like you're talking about. We got to ground. I know this because I'm out of my body a lot. And so I know if I have to ground myself. And I also want to mention really quickly, it was really cute. I finally have gotten to where I see white flowers when I ground. And that's what you see in the book. And that really was like, oh, that's cool. She does flowers too. Because you don't just have to do roots, you guys, that go down into the ground. <laughs> you know, you can do flowers or something really cool. So I thought that was neat. Um, I want to talk about loving yourself. Because there are so many people and you're and you talk about affirmations and um, you talk about saying I am loved, I am loving, I am love, you know, for a long time, um, this has been talked about, but I think people are finally starting to get it, that it's not a vain thing to love yourself. It's a necessity. You want to address it a little? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that maybe some of our ideas of what love is are a little bit twisted because mm -hmm. if we're talking about real love, loving yourself is never egotistical. It comes from source. It comes from the soul, right? It's yeah. it's not the ego. Um, and I think, you know, in our culture, we can see people saying like, oh, they're treating themselves or self-care or loving. And sometimes it seems really materialistic, Uh and it's not really like the heart or the truth of, of what we're doing. What, what we're, I think what self-love is, is seeing ourselves as the soul and then treating ourselves with the reverence that is necessary for that. And when we're able to see ourselves as a soul, we're able to see others in the same way mm -hmm. and we're able to love them despite their flaws, right? We're all flawed. We're all human and we're able to do the same with ourselves, right? And like I was talking about earlier with this compassionate observer, being able to like observe like, okay, like, you know, I just mothered in a way I don't don't love. I just like raised my voice at my kid. I can still love myself <laughs> beyond that and give myself grace for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, many of us, I think are taught that we only are deserving of love if we, if we earn it. Right. right. But love doesn't need love doesn't need to be earned. It's right. unconditional. You know, Lauren, I have to be honest with you personally. I didn't feel the inside the fulfillment until I really did connect with the divine and, and you know, the divine source and that people. This is what I feel. I feel like people are looking for love outside of themselves instead of coming back, connecting to source, connecting to Mother Earth and receiving the love that way. And I think once we can get to that point, if I could just teach everybody to connect and plug in, 
then we'd all be cool, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think like such an important element of love, and I'm saying this as a reminder to myself right now, to be honest, <laughs> is patience. So it's it's being patient with ourselves and it's also being patient with others because I think these awakenings that are happening, they're going to happen in the time that they need to and we can't rush it. Yeah. Yeah. And it can feel like as someone who has experienced some sort of enlightenment or who has like felt felt the soul within it can be very frustrating right to see not everyone living in that way um but you know we're all in the darkness at some point and we'll get there yeah <laughs> yeah we'll all get there no I agree with you we all can't wake up at the same time it's a progression mm-hmm. and it's a it's an orchestration I think it's all being orchestrated you know to to get us to the point where we ascend talk about ascension What do you think? You think there's going to be a rapture? Talk to me. What's your feeling on this? (laughs) Are we all going to just go up? Churches, yeah, (laughs) that talked about the rapture. So I'll be honest, I'm a little turned off from that idea because it was um, instilled. Well, it was instilled within me with a sense of fear, right? And I felt the need to like try to save all my friends when I was a kid and things like that. I think oh, it's a little okay. more subtle than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I think what? that we need to both. Yeah, I, I think as humans, we need to both descend and ascend. Descending meaning to connect back with the earth and with our bodies. Right. Ascending meaning to ascend with source, with spirit, yeah. and to hold both of those at the same time. I think there's a lot of nuance to being human and um into the spiritual journey too. We get to hold these polarities within us, masculine and feminine. Yeah, but do you see us ascending? Do you see us, <laughs> you see everybody? Uh, what do you think in the next four or five years? Do you think people will get it? Do you think it will be heaven on earth? Just like we're mm. hoping for? What do you feel? I think it's a mystery. <laughs> I think it's a mystery. I'll be honest. And that's been such a part of my spiritual practice lately is like just diving into the mystery oh. and being okay with it <laughs> and tending to my practices and teaching and and hoping you know that that it happens and like feeling this faith within myself but also trying not to rush the timing yeah you know like we'll get there we'll get basically there basically trying to trying to yeah. feel his patience but I love that idea I hope so It'll happen. <laughs> I, I really trust me on so. this one trust <laughs> me on this one the light will win we'll get there we will get there Lord yeah guys her book so. is called embody your inner guide goddess Lauren Aladuk a guided journey to radical wholeness I am so glad you came on the show today to join us <laughs> you're yeah. a, thank you're you so much for having light. me yeah you're a bright light and thank you, you guys there's so much cool information. Lauren, how do people find you? Give us your information. How do we find you? They can find me at laurenleduc.com and that will send you to all my different offerings, uh, readings, courses, yoga classes, the book, etc. And I'm on Instagram at I am Lauren Leduc. And that's the main social outlet for me uh, as far as social media goes. So you can see what I'm up to there. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad you guys we came to join us today and you shared so much cool information with us. Hey, you guys, we're going to get out of here. I just relaunched Wake Up. The Universe is Speaking to You. If you want to check it out on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, um, just finished my new angel book. So it'll be out soon. And if you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com to book your date and time. I hope everybody has a fabulous week. Happy holidays, everybody. And God bless.
There you are. Gosh, we lost you there for a minute, but you came back. Yeah. Oh, wait, where have you gone? Um, oh, it's okay. You know what? Well, it's because I think you're so far away and you never know. You said you're having a heat wave in South Africa. Is that right? And we're having a. Oh my gosh. She's freezing, you guys. Are you there? Yes, I'm here, Nancy. Gosh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Here. I'm clearing it. I have strong energy. Okay. Okay. I cleared it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, these Mandelas are really amazing. I am so excited. I can't Thanks. wait to tell her. <laughs> I can't wait to work it all out. <laughs> I've got some positive ones to show you as well. Okay, let's see them. Let's see them. Let's see. Now, do I need to reshare or do you think we're good? We're probably good. I think we're good. Okay. Oh, let me just go down. I'll just skip some others that we did. Okay. I did some, I did one on grief and I did, this is during, you know, the lockdown time. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, let's talk about that because um, before the show, you were telling oh, me. Um, yes. Yes. You were telling me about, I think, is it your daughter or your daughter? -in -law? Yes. Oh, you, my daughter, you, you mentioned something on your, um, on, on what you posted, your news. Yes. You I was doing news with Nancy. Minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You said there's a new 10 minute healing session available for people who've lost their smell and taste yes due to this heading yes. that we see yeah to the COVID <laughs> yes yes yeah. to the COVID a lot of people lost their um that was a surprising bit of news and that's why I put it out there because I myself had lost taste for a while but it came back but yes. I know people who've never recovered from it and then you were telling me tell the audience I will you know Nancy my daughter was involved in a horrible hijacking eight and a half years ago, and she was badly damaged. That's why she left to go to live in Australia. Um, when she was hijacked, she got out to where they were trying to help somebody, her and her friend, and they were hijacked. And the guy hit her on her left ear, and she went down and hit her into the street, and she um, hurt the back of her head. And she's got um, nerves that are severed. So she's deaf in her left ear and the nerves are severed and she can't smell or taste besides other injuries. And that's eight years ago. So it's horrible to lose two and a half senses, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you came on and said there's this new something that they've brought about that can heal 
well, probably heal. We can't say it's definitely because it's new. Um, the issue of smell and taste. And I mean, I think it's wonderful that it came from you all the way from USA to South Africa to me so that it can get to my daughter in Australia. Yeah. It's it, gonna, it's yeah. Gonna run. Did you wonderful. tell her? Did you tell her about it? I haven't spoken to her because she was away the weekend. I did write a message. I will be speaking to her on Wednesday. Okay. So, yeah. Well, you can also Google. Thank you. No, you're welcome. But you can, I think it's cool that, that this is helping somebody across the world. It really makes me feel good. Yes. That the information is getting out there. Yes. And I just, I think it's great because I think it, it it is healing and it has proven that it works. And I think this will help her. Yes. I really do. Oh, thank you. I honestly do. I feel good about this, but this yeah, is I do what, as well. Yeah. So what, so during the COVID, this is what you, um, colored. Yes. This was the, represented the cells of the body. Okay. Um, for people with COVID. And then I did another one. There we go. More life and energy. Oh. And <laughs> These are healthy cells. <laughs> this is what we want. So there you go. Very different. There you go. Very good. And then that one is spreading love across the planet. Very nice. Also, the colors don't come across so nicely. They're very vibrant when you actually see them. But they don't sort of um, come across very well when once takes a picture. But that's just spreading love, divine love, unconditional love to the planet at that time. Mm -hmm. And then this one I did for relationship, not at that wow. time before. Wow. Um, and that was a soulmate that I attracted, which was to, we were together with long distance for three years, but then it couldn't work. He wasn't quite ready. So, but he was a soulmate because right from the very second I met him, I knew. And right. um and he knew, and it was unexpected. Nobody arranged the meeting, it was random. And mm -hmm. this is how when you meet your soulmate, because I also done soulmate workshops. This is how when we meet a soulmate, it just happens. And you know, you absolutely know. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try and push it and grab it and bring this relationship towards you. You've got to put it out. But um, sometimes people put too much energy on looking too hard. Mm -hmm. So I experienced that, which was very special. And then on my last one, yeah. I did for my turkey holiday. And that we went on in July. It was a family holiday, a dream. I had it for 10 years. And as my little grandson would say, um, Gran, your dream came true. Your dream came true. <laughs> was to be in Turkey with the whole family. It was so special. I can't tell you how special it was. And hot air ballooning over Cappadocia. Oh, wow. Oh, like our, This is like our Thanksgiving. It's very similar. Yeah. It's very special. It. I love it. That's awesome. The most magical thing I experienced in my life was that hot air balloon. Sorry, my hair's coming down. Oh, no, <laughs> you're fine. Off. You're fine. So had you it's not, so you got to go up in the hot air balloon. Very special, the whole family. And uh, my son said, mom, it was far more um, exciting than I ever thought it would be. Even the way you described it, you said it was far better. There's no words for it. I love it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we have the hot air balloon fiesta in Albuquerque. And um, I've done it. And it's, 
it's wonderful when you're up there because it's so quiet. What do you think? Yes, it is. When it's you're very up in the quiet. air, it's so quiet. It, you can just, it's just, it's peaceful, isn't it? Yes, very it's peaceful. peaceful. Very peaceful. Yeah. And I the it was over the fairy chimneys, and that's what made it so special. Oh. Fairy chimneys, that was the most special thing. Oh, my God. Pointed, pointed chimneys all over. Wow. And this is in South Africa? No, no, Turkey, Cappadocia. In Turkey, in Turkey. And you go at sunrise, so you've got the sun on the one side, and you know how blessed we were? We had the moon on the other side. Okay. We had the sun and the moon at sunrise <laughs> it was amazing and oh all these God. were about a hundred colored air balloons hot air balloons in the sky at the same, at the same time. time yeah yeah so oh, that's amazing that's amazing yeah. dale if people want to find you how do they get in touch with you i mean because you if they want to do a workshop with you can they do it by zoom or do they have to be in south africa or is there somewhere here talk to us about your your information i haven't actually to be honest um nancy i haven't actually organized anything to do on zoom okay i probably would have to right um they could always contact me if they need questions via my email which i think i've given to you Okay. And should I put your email in the notes? Yes. It's D-A-L-E-R at telcomsa.net. Okay. Yeah. So they can email me if they want to know more or anything like that. And, you know, I can work on planning something. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes, it would be. It would be great. I would take it. If you do it, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take your class. You. Okay, that's great. Well, I yeah. think it's great. Well, because you have motivated us to get out there and to get the mandala and to color because color and, and I find just the the um act of coloring is so calming to the to it the is. body, to it, the soul. It, it really is. I, I think that's why adult coloring books have become so popular um yes. today because i think that people just it's it's a relaxing thing to do but with the color and the mandala having meaning i mean what a magnificent way to heal yourself and when you write down as you're doing it with the writing it's more powerful because it's you know when you write something and do something it's more powerful than just speaking so i find that's important and the thing is one can sit on a weekend on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and the whole family can sit around the table and do one. It's yeah. something you can do together. Okay. All right. Cool. Which I think is lovely. How okay. often do people do something different together? Well, and that's what we need to do more of. We need to bring yeah. community together and bring people yeah. together. Well, Dale, I'm thrilled that you came on today. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? What do you want to tell us before we get out of here? I don't know if there's time for a short butterfly meditation. Oh, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I've written up a lot of different uh, meditations for different things. Okay, let's and do this it. Is, it's a very short one and it relates to the color and things. Okay. So okay. I'm in. Visualization is extremely important for creating and manifesting. Yes. And I do this on all my workshops, Nancy. Okay. I've been doing it since I was a little child. I visualize very easily, but some people find it challenging and they need to practice it. 
So now today, I'd like us to get a feeling of butterfly wings in this meditation. So if you can just close your eyes gently. It's easier to, to do this with the eyes closed. Okay. And now focus your attention to the place on your back where you would imagine having butterfly wings. You can move your shoulders a little bit and get a feeling of butterfly wings. And just imagine feeling what the size of your wings are like. Are they small wings, medium ones, or are they very large wings? Just get a feel for the size of the wings. And then get a feel for how easily they move. Do they feel loose or tight? Are they jammed somewhere? Do you perhaps need to, they need to be eased up gently for easier movement? Or they need some really firm work to release them? Are they too eager to just flap and fly away at the first sign of something different? Fearing the unknown. Or are they ready to rest a while and experience something new? Get a feel for what colors they are. Are they one color or do they have many colors? Are they red with anger or passion? Are they orange with bliss? Perhaps they sunshine yellow filled with happiness or maybe yellow with fear. Perhaps they're pink and filled with unconditional love. Maybe they're green, filled with harmony or perhaps envy. Pale blue, peaceful wings are great. Or maybe they're afraid of communicating. Are they dark blue and wise? Perhaps violet for inspiration and transmuting negativity. They could also be rainbow colored. Perhaps they feel black with anger and hidden desires or just pure white. Mm -hmm. No matter what color your wings are, we are all unique and beautiful butterflies. Breathe in peace and love into your heart center. Feel it warmly expand and fill your whole body. Draw it into every cell of your body. Breathe in love again into your heart center. And feel it flow throughout your entire body. Just allow the feeling of unconditional love to flow for another few moments. And then gently open your eyes to the present moment on the next out breath that feels good. I love it. I did it with my angel wings. Oh, goody, that's also good. <laughs> I know, I was thinking, I did, it yes. was really good, thank you. God bless, that was good really job. cool. You made it's my day today, Dale. Uh, thank you. And I thank think you, you for asking me to come on your show. Oh, yeah. I think, 
Yes, everybody benefits so much. You're such a knowledgeable lady and we're so blessed to have you here to help us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for help. And you really helped me and I know you helped the audience. You guys, we got to get out of here for today. I want to mention that I'm going to be in Florida in March, you guys, the 16th and the 17th. I will be at the Life uh, Conscious Expo. I will be talking about angels and I'm going to be doing my own workshop in LA. You guys will come see me, I hope, in February. It'll be Saturday the 10th. I'll be at the, the Conscious Life Expo and that'll be at LAX. And I'm going to do a 90 minute workshop and I'm going to help everybody connect with their angels. So I'm really excited about that. And you guys check out my book. I just relaunched it. Wake up. The universe is speaking to you. Um, Dale. Yeah. Thanks again. We're going to get out of here for today, but I hope everybody has a fabulous holiday and continue on this week. Bye. 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 Okay. (laughs) Gifts for everybody. (laughs) Bye. Take care and God bless. Thanks. You too.